Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Ground Buster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Summer Klukla, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you, young lady? I'm doing good. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. So yesterday was, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, it got a little exciting in your life. Yeah, it was Saturday, actually. Um, I was riding around our property, and I'd been riding all day, just practicing for this weekend, because this weekend is a, par- a race up at Paris for Southern California Flat Track. And uh, I decided to hit a rut, and I went over the bars, and I landed on my shoulder, and so I broke my collarbone. <clears throat> mm. And how, much, so, how painful is it? I was crying and I don't cry. I don't normally cry when I'm after I've fallen. I normally just get right back up and get on the bike and keep going. But this was this hurt like really bad. It was like on a scale of one to ten. It was like a nine. It was wow. bad. Um, but we went to the ER and they put an IV in, which actually that was even scarier than falling. I don't like needles. Um, and so they said that they were going to, so then they did x-rays and blood work and they gave me morphine, which was kind of funny about that because an hour later after I had stood up and was kind of moving around and once we were going to go home, my teeth started chattering and I was like all like high strung and like, like. Like nothing had happened and I was so tired and exhausted, but I wasn't even like feeling it. So it was kind of, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a bad thing, huh? Yeah. And then when they were wheeling me to the, to the x-ray room to get x-rays or no, it was when we were, they were wheeling me to go get a CAT scan, um, to make sure that I hadn't broke anything in my neck, um, or done anything to my head. They, um, I saw a guy in handcuffs and that was probably the highlight of my day. <laughs> and he looked like he had a broken foot so that was pretty cool and I was like grandma he was in handcuffs did you see that <laughs> that was wild uh, so you know how did how did how did your grandma and grandpa take that um the guy in handcuffs or me breaking my collarbone you're breaking your collarbone oh um well they were they they were okay they weren't mad or frustrated about it it's kind of a bummer we're going to miss the race this weekend, but I'm hoping that if I can be consistent the rest of the season, then I can, I can get the championship for this 
for the class that I'm racing. And hopefully if I'm just consistent and go every race. <clears throat> and then I think the last race of the season, they're gonna do they're they're gonna add 10 points or something. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, but they're adding 10 points. So hopefully that'll help with points that I'm gonna miss for going for not being able to go to this race. Are you 100% sure you'll be back on the track for the next one? I hope so. Because I'm thinking it's, I think it's going to be four weeks, four or it might be five weeks until the next race. And so I'll have plenty of time to heal by then. Are you already ready to get back on the bike? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. I'm ready. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I can I've do been it. waiting for this race like for like weeks and it finally is going to be here and I can't go. And it's like, oh. Well, it happens. So let, let's get into it a little bit. You ride dirt track bikes. Right. And mostly a male sport. Yeah. So There's elaborate very, on that. Um, well, I would definitely say that it's a it's a sport surrounded by men and there's not very many women doing it. And I think um, one of my main things is I don't really like racing with the women because they're not as aggressive as the men and the men are much more aggressive. And well, some some of them are some of them aren't some of them will bang handlebars or whatever. And they'll go over to my grandpa and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, it's OK. Like, I don't, I, I like, I like that. I like the close racing. And, um, I think it's, it's easy to think that it's something that just men can do when it's something that women can do too. But at, at such a high level, there's very few ladies doing it. Um, are you, are you looking to gain a level in the sport as far as keep on progressing through the classes to, to get to the pro class? Yeah. So that's the, that's the goal. Um, I'm, I just moved up from the novice class at Paris from, from um, the novice class. And last race I raced the open amateur class. So that was kind of exciting. Um, and then the next step from that is expert and then it's pro, which, um, which is, it's, it's, that's the goal, um, to be able to race the pro class and to be able to do that. But I'm, I think I'm getting the, the more I ride and the more I practice and the more I race, um, I'm definitely getting better. And I've improved a lot on the 450 the last year and a half or so that I've been on it because last season was my first full season on the 450. And I've definitely improved a lot on that. Um, and I really like riding the bigger bikes there. That's a lot of fun. More power, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so how does grandpa feel about you taking his ride away from him? Oh, well, he got it back. So it's okay now. 
you, you built your own bike? Yeah, we got we got a DTX um, Sierra 450. I think it's an 07. And I like that a lot better because it's heavier. And I'm not very heavy. I'm like 95 pounds, give or take. Um, and so the framer, the one that he had, it's it's really light. And so the heavier bike works better for me because it's more power. It's more weight on the ground and the wheel doesn't spin as much. Better traction. Yeah. You know, you could have seconds. You know, when you're at dinner, you could eat more. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I could try that. I mean, it might help a little. I mean, I don't don't want you to get carried away. You know, just, you know, just so everybody knows, how old are you? I'm 17. Really? You're that old? You've, it, I've known you since you were so small that I just can't see you at 17. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. I just turned 17 on the 18th of February. Wow. That, that's incredible. I, I, I mean, cause I've known you since you were a little bitty. So uh, yeah. <clears throat> where did the love of motorcycles come from for you? Um, my grandpa, um, I've lived with them since I was three, three years old and I've just grown up around motorcycles. My grandpa races every once in a while. He still races when he, tr when he can. Um, he hasn't been able to as much as he used to because of how serious that I've become with racing and my uncle also raced. And so I just grew up going to the races and, you know, watching them. And, and I started riding when I was like nine and, um, and so, and then the very next year I was, I was either nine or 10 when I started racing. It was fairly soon after I started riding and I started on a, a little on an 80 I think and so that was a lot of fun and I just I, I enjoyed it from I I liked racing from then on and I didn't get too serious about it until I was until I got my until I until we got I was on a TTR 125 and we put a big board kit in it to make it a 150 and so I was on that for probably a year and then maybe three or four years ago I got a CRF 150R which that's when I really got into the racing and that's when I really decided this is what I want to do and I've taken it to a whole nother level since then <clears throat> so the only places you've been able to race are in Southern California yeah have you and your grandpa and your grandma looked into riding in in different states or or different venues? Well, we have, and to be honest, I'm not quite sure why we haven't gone other places and explored other racetracks. But I know um, it's it's a lot of work to load up the truck and and drive to all those different places. And um, especially, and I think they want me to do well at the tracks that I'm already at, at the highest level I can do, and not the highest level, but the best I can do in the classes that I'm racing at those, at those different tracks. And so it's like, there's, there's a track, up, um, there's a track 
it's it's Lodi, I think it's Lodi Cyclable, and it's up in kind of like Northern California, but it's, I think that it's like six or eight hours away so that we would have to stay the night somewhere because it's, it's night racing. So it would be a long, it would be a whole, like a whole weekend kind of thing, which is, which is a lot of dedication and it's a lot of work driving all that way. But it's definitely something that we're probably going to start. I'm hoping that we're going to start doing that and traveling to more to different racetracks next season. But I think this season we're still just going to keep doing the Calvi MX series up in Camp Lockett and the Southern California flat track races in um, Paris. And Paris is the biggest track you've raced on, isn't it? Um, the biggest track I've raced on. Yeah. I've ridden that. There's a flat track at Elsinore, which is pretty big. It's, it's bigger than Paris, which is, which is a lot of fun. <clears throat> so that's a pretty big track that I've ridden on, but I haven't raced there. They don't, they don't do races. It's kind of, it's not really a track that you could do races at because of the way the track is set up, but it's a really fun track to go and practice on. But, and it's bigger than Paris. Yeah. Wow. I raced at Paris. I got to race Paris once. And um, at my skill level, I mean, I was good for Competition Park, which I think you're too young to remember. Um, you might not even have been born. <laughs> uh, it was like a sand oval. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It would wear shoes out. It would wear the steel shoe out really quick. So once a season, you'd have to have it re resurfaced. but it was it was just a lot of fun and when you go from the sand to a clay track like paris it was a huge huge difference in speed the way the bike worked and i yeah. i i wasn't totally prepared for that yeah plus something bad happened in front of me and i just was yeah we're we're we've had enough for the day let's go home <laughs> You know, yeah. but it, it's a lot of fun. I love flat track motorcycles and, and, and doing it. I got to do it when I was in high school, 14, 15 years old. So that's cool. got to do it when I was an adult too, in my thirties, you know, which is the wrong time to start uh, a flat track <laughs> career. So you're doing it right. Um, yeah. You're, you've only ridden the CRF style machines and the single cylinder four strokes. Have you talked to your grandpa about trying to run a multi, a multi-cylinder bike, one of the big, big machines? That's, um, so we have, we have a twin, but it's, it's, it's really loud and it would never pass sound check at Paris because they have to do sound check because of the houses that are close by, because it's like literally right in a neighborhood. But um, the that's the four fifties is what is my goal. The singles and AFT, um, and that's just that's just um, I think that's where I want to start. Not too many females do well, with exception to Nicole Mees which is Jared Mies's wife. Um, she rode in the super twins class and she did really good, but, um, it takes a lot of upper body strength to hold on to those bikes. 
and especially on the bigger tracks because you know they start shaking and they're not they're just not I, I feel like they're not ideal for women especially women that don't have a whole lot of upper body strength and it takes a lot of a lot of extra training and stuff but um and I think especially with my size I would never be able to hold on to a 750 because I'm just I'm just so small because I have trouble holding on to the 450s sometimes but that would definitely be something that I'd love to try if somebody said you know do you want to ride this bike I'd say sure When you, as you get a little older and you start changing your training style, you will develop more and more muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, I think, and that's definitely the goal, but I think right now I can't see myself moving into a class, moving into a twins class just because they're so, and, and in AFT, the twins classes are so aggressive and so competitive like it's it gets scary sometimes even just watching it i can't imagine being out on the track i it think would, that i think that you'd get hooked the moment you did it yeah i probably would <laughs> for sure so, so when you, you were growing saying, put me back on the 450 <laughs> uh i don't know about that you seem like you adapt pretty well so I think you'll be awesome at whatever machine you decide to ride. You, you know, you grew up in the desert. So logically, you should have became a desert racer. And that didn't happen. Yeah, that's not that's well, I my uncle did motocross and he did desert and he did flat track. But I think I'm not a big jumps person. Like, I don't. I don't really like my wheels leaving the ground. And when they do, I'm like, whoa, that wasn't supposed to happen. I like being close to the ground. I don't like being in the air or I, I just like it flat and circles. Me and my grandpa go and ride in the desert about once a week, but it's nothing too crazy. We just kind of cruise. And then when they want to go on faster rides, they'll leave me here because I don't really like going very fast in the desert. I just like going out and kind of, you know, trying new things, pushing my limits every once in a while. But and and it does and it definitely helps with workouts, too, because it gets it gets, you know, you're all over the bike. Um, But desert desert isn't my. Isn't my thing, I think flat tracks where I'm where my heart is. Sure. Where that's what you're made for, right? Yeah. That's that's so awesome. You but you did you ever try the motocross? I know you don't like to jump, but but you gotta go do it before you figure out you don't like it. Um no, I haven't tried it. And one of my really close friends does motocross and he loves it and he's really good at it and I was like you should take me some time I was like I can go on the peewee track <laughs> I was like I don't want to do it. like like that looks fun like watching all the little kids just kind of go over the jumps that looks fun but I'm not I just I don't know I don't think I'm I'm made for like doing jumps I just, I don't know. I mean, I've never, I mean, you have a point. I've never tried it to say I don't like it. And I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, I don't think it's, it's my thing. 
I understand that. That's great. I don't think I would, but but I don't know. What about the evolution from most flat trackers? They end up on the asphalt. You ever do you ever see yourself rolling um, that that direction? Well, I've heard from a lot of people, which is kind of funny because I've never been on a road bike or you know, I've never ridden on the road. Um and a lot of people tell me you need to stop riding the flat track bike like a road race bike. And I'm like, I've never ridden a road race bike, so I don't know what you're talking about. This is just how I ride. And I've heard that from multiple different people. But it's but I do I one of my one of my friends um went to Europe last year and was and raced moto over there. And so he does so he does road racing and so and I see pictures of him and it's like that looks so fun like you don't even have to put your foot down like it just looks really fun and it's definitely something that I would love to try um and that I would be open to do but <clears throat> I think a lot more money goes into that than for flat track I think the bikes are are much more expensive which makes sense but um I don't know. Right now, I just see myself trying to do really good in flat track um, for the time being. One step at a time, right? Yeah. That that's pretty cool. What do you like the clay track or the or the or the harder track or the looser track? Because the, the, the when you race up here in um, I forget the name of the place that you race up uh, up on the mountain. Campo, yeah. Yeah, when you race up a Campo, it's a looser form dirt. It's not like the clay yeah. track down at. Um. Yeah. Um. So, Paris is kind of a mix. Like sometimes it'll groove up, not 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 regularly, but every once in a while it'll start to get a groove. And on occasion, Campo looks like it could groove up, but Campo is definitely much more of a cushion than Paris. And I have to say that I don't really notice a difference between the two tracks. I mean, I've grown up at Campo and I really like, and I really like Campo. I like the track. I like the people, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I have a preference. Anything's better than here though. So that would... <laughs> wow. probably you know as long as it's smooth you know i can handle it <laughs> sorry grandpa i didn't mean to slap you down like that <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny <clears throat> well what i was getting at is is your they're you're, they're two totally different bike setups almost um, different air pressures well Pretty much the only thing that we change is gearing because um, Paris is is a bigger track, so it needs different gearing. And Campo is a little bit of a smaller track, and it needs different gearing. So we don't mess with the tire pressure too much at, at either of the tracks, but... Um, the suspension stays the same. Pretty much everything stays the same except the sus uh, except the gearing. The gearing is pretty much the only thing that we mess with. Um, I 
I think that's, I th- I'm, I'm thinking that's about the only thing that we mess with on the bikes before we right. go or before switching, um, before going to different races. Right. Sorry about that. So, I had to adjust that. Um, I, w- I was speaking to your grandmother one day and you were down in the shop with your grandfather. Do you get to spend much time physically working on the machine and learning about oh, it? Yeah, yeah I, I love doing that. That's, that's definitely another thing that I really enjoy with, um, with the whole motorcycle deal is I love working on the bikes and I'm, I'm actually restoring a mini bike right now, a pull start. And so that's a project that one of our many projects that we're working on and um, we're working, we're also working on a 250 and I think a 100. Um, and we're also working on a 360. So there's a bunch of projects everywhere. It's kind of hectic. It's like, okay, which bike does this engine belong to? Oh yeah, that's a 250 engine. Oh wait, this is also part of the 250 engine. It's kind of ridiculous. We have stuff everywhere. But um, yeah, I really like working on the bikes and learning about it all. And I'll sit there, I can sit there all day and ask grandpa, okay, what does this do? Why does this do this? Like, I love learning about all of it and learning everything. That's so cool, you know, that, that you get to, that you get to experience that and have that backup to uh, to fall back on as well. Have you thought about what you want to do for the rest of your life besides working on motorcycles and, and racing motorcycles? Um. Well, so ever since I was like 12, I've been really into crime shows and I could literally sit there and watch those all day long. And so I have so many interests. My interests vary like, I have a wide variety of things that I enjoy doing and things that I would love to do. But right now, um, this March, hopefully by the end of this March, I'm starting college courses in forensic science. And I want to get a degree in forensic science to become um, a crime scene investigator. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're 17 and you're going to start taking college courses already yeah so the thing with that is it's cheaper and it's it's easier to start now so and it'll also be easier for when I'm when I'm able to finish so I get like the credits which is like how many courses or whatever Um, I think each course is like three credits or something. So I have to have like 126 credits to finish to get the degree. So I'm starting it now through what they call dual enrollment, which is doing high school and college, like at the same time. And so I'm going to be um, starting that at the end of March. And so they send us, it's all online. And so I don't have to go in or anything. And so I'm going to, for the end of this um, school year, and then the 12th grade school year, I'm going to be doing this and getting credits for, to put towards the degree. 
Do you homeschool or you go to school? Yeah, I'm homeschooled. Oh, nice. You couldn't get a better teacher than your grandma. Yeah. Smart lady, isn't she? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I, I, I pretty much wouldn't go with all the time. She just, I'm sure they changed the uh, format a little bit from what she's used to, to what you're doing now. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. College classes and your high school program. Do you think that there's going to be any slowdown in your racing because of your your college aspirations or your your job aspirations? Um, no. So the thing that I was telling them, I was telling them, I don't know how I can do this because telling my grandparents because I can't. We can't afford college and racing. If I were if when I go pro with this we can't afford racing and college at the same time. And I'm not going to have enough time to turn all the stuff in that I have to do and to do all of the stuff that I'm going to have to do, um, in order to, to be on time with all the stuff. So, so we're planning just doing the courses that I can do now before, um, before the end of 11th grade or 12th grade. <clears throat> and so, so I'm going to just wait until I might wait until I'm retired or something in racing and then, and then look towards finishing college and doing the job. Or get a good sponsor so that you can, or get a good sponsor so that you can go to college while you're uh, racing at the same time. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. That would be, make it easier. That's that's the real goal. So if you go out there and beat the men and run with the men, uh, that will happen. Do you ever get a chance to see any of the national guys come out west and do any racing out here? So the main the main race that they do is in Sacramento, which is really far. We were going to go last year, but plans, but it didn't work out to be able to go. Um, but this year we're going to in the first, on the first of April, there's a race in Arizona. And I asked, I told them for my birthday, I wanted them to get me tickets to be able to go. And so we got tickets and we're going to be going and watching. It's a TT race. So we're going to be able to go and watch the um the yeah the big guys do do um that's a pretty famous race yeah i'm yeah, really I've, excited i've never got to go there we got to go to northern california and for the life of me i can't remember the mile track it wasn't sacramento mile um i've been to the sacramento facility where they hold the mile race but we raced mm -hmm. atvs there we didn't race uh we didn't do flat track I would oh. love to go see that. Plus, we got to go watch Del Mar when they were racing Del Mar flat track. Oh. Um, I was I got to watch those. So um, I was too little, I think, to really grasp all who was there. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Brad Baker was there um, one of the times. Um, and I think a couple of a couple other really big racers. And I really wish I had realized 
like who these people are because I would have been really interested in watching them race. But, you know, I was little playing with my cousin or whatever in the dirt or, you know, off exploring. Um, but yeah, well, so I, I have been there and I never got to race there, but I'm, I want to race there. That would be a lot of fun. I th- I think it'd be great to to throw a leg over and try to and just not not at at their level, but at my level, go around you know Del Mar or even a, even some of the mile tracks because you get going so fast. Um, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. It's so when I was a kid, when I was a kid, the great the greatest movie ever made was on any Sunday. That's a great movie. I like that movie. Oh, for flat track racers, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really After you watch that movie, you wonder why the sport isn't bigger. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why it's not bigger. <laughs> well, I don't know, uh, other than the fact that you can't go to a fairgrounds or the stadiums and not see the fans or the stands full. You know, you're, you, you probably could use a little bit bigger venues, but... It's phenomenal the the artistry and talent it takes to ride a motorcycle at that speed, sideways, yeah. you know, with your feet on the pegs. You know, I, I'm not really sure how anybody could say that doesn't take talent. Yeah. And all of your fastest road race people That's... ride motocross and flat track. You know. I mean, when when Nikki Hayden went over to Europe, they already had flat track, but then it developed with riders like Valentino Rossi and the Marquez brothers and 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 even guy other guys that I can't name. So excuse me if I've if I've overstepped years, but these guys all took the flat track and adapted it to MotoGP. And you can yeah. see them drift drifting motorcycles on the asphalt like you would drift a dirt track bike it's phenomenal to see you know even though dirt track turns left these guys are these guys are turning right and left and and drifting the motorcycles it's it's poetry in motion in my opinion yeah yeah and moto moto gp starts in two weeks oh I didn't know yeah. that. I, I don't follow, I don't follow, I don't follow road racing that much or really at all, to be honest, <clears throat> you know, or super you, you should, really you should watch track. MotoGP. You should watch MotoGP. I, I really want to. I want to. Well, I mean, when you're watching the, those, some of those guys ride, you know, Nikki Hayden, if you know who he was, yeah. he was a dominant flat track racer in America. And went over there and won a world championship on the asphalt. Yeah. And his brothers are pretty fast or were pretty fast here in the States. So, yeah. I mean, it's all educational. It really is. I mean, I'm a Mark Mark Marquez fan. My dad is a Marquez fan and a Rossi fan, but um, I've kind of lost track of uh, some of the people in the States that ride flat track, because all of the guys that I used to watch have retired. Yeah. I'm old. It's okay. You know, you don't have there's to. There's a lot. 
there's a lot of really young riders coming up. Like, I mean, probably more than half of the um of the singles riders are under are under 20 years old. Like they're they're really young. Um Cody Cop, the the kid that won the championship last season, he won seven races that season and he's like 17. So it's it's wild seeing all these kids that are my age like doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, wow, like that's that's a lot to have accomplished already at such a young age and at such a big high level. Well, there you um, go. Why aren't you there? <laughs> not ready yet. I'm working <laughs> on it though. That's that, that's all anybody can ask. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, uh, on social media. I see a guy, and excuse me if I butcher the name, JD Beach. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. He's like he's like my hero. Like he's my favorite racer by far. He he rides multiple classes. And um, I don't know. If he, well, I've, I've seen, well, for right for in, for AFT, he just rides the super twins class, but I'm sure he rides. I know he does motocross sometimes as training and, um, I'm sure for like outlaw races and stuff, he does different things, but I know I for AFT. I could have swore I seen him on a single. He, I'm. I'm not sure if he ever raced a 450 before he did, before he raced um, the twin, but I've just started, I've just started following AFT this, like last season, the beginning of last season was when I really got into it. Um, And so I follow, I follow all of the riders and I'm really, I'm really into all that. That's, that's, that's awesome. I am, I am too. I just am so spread out. I don't, I don't get to catch it all. You know? Yeah. I have, I have posters of 10 different writers on my wall. Um, to my left, I have the one on the top left is Morgan Mitchler and then Chase Saddle, Dalton Gutier, Cody Kopp, Max Will, Brandon Robinson. I have two Shannon Texture posters and I have a JD Beach poster a Corey Texter poster and a JC Jones poster. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that, that the podcast will get large enough and cover enough arenas that, that some of these people will want to come on and, and talk flat track racing with me. I mean, I'm not at their level and I probably have never ridden as much as they have, but I have a little bit of experience because I really enjoyed it you know, in the, the two different spats at it that I got to, we used to convert, which now it's an everyday thing where you convert a motocross bike into a flat track bike. Back when I was doing it, when I was a teenager, you had a different frame with, with an engine and, and you made it, it you converted it that way. Um, we just converted the motocross bikes and, and rode them. And then in, in my last stint, we were riding TT 500s. So 
um, everybody, everybody that's raced flat track knows a TT 500. So oh, yeah, my grandpa has one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, mine are awesome. I just, I just don't get to ride them very often. Plus I lost my steel I've never, shoe. I've never ridden one, but, um, my grandpa's the brake caliper is there's something wrong with it. And so he needs to get a new one, but I don't, but we haven't been able to find one yet. So that's his, that's one of, that's probably his favorite bike. If you can ride a 450, you can ride that 500 because the power delivery on the 450 is, is a little harsher and more, more of an arm tug where the TT is going to be a slower acceleration. And it's Mm -hmm. not that the machine is slower. That's not what I meant. It's going to be less taxing on your body you know, especially your arm strength to ride it because they're so smooth. You just sink well, down in the seat and twist the throttle and have a good time. Yeah, I was when when our 450 framer, which was the only 450 flat tracker that we owned at the time, was um when it it was actually in your shop, we were we were wondering what bike we were gonna we were going to put me on and what I was going to ride. And, um, um, thanks to one of our friends, Jeff Apple, he loaned us a bike for a couple of races and we were able to ride that until we were, um, we just got another bike that was mine. and was a DTX because in AFT, they don't ride framers. They just ride the DTX, the motocross bikes, um, turned into the flat track bikes. Um, and so, but we were, I was asking him, well, can I ride the, can I ride the TT 500? And he was saying no, because it's too heavy because it's a lot heavier than the 450. Um, but so I don't know, we'll see. Maybe one of these days I can talk him into letting me ride it. He let me ride the twin once. So that was, that was, that was an experience. That was crazy. Um, you're just talking about motion. Once it's in motion, it's not that much different. The momentum yeah. of the machine is going to keep it upright, and you already have the skills to get it through the turn. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Summer, hey, thank you so much for taking some time with me. I know that you're coming off your injury, and that was just a couple of days ago. I would ask you kindly to keep us posted on how you're doing. I really appreciate it. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International, Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on 
Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter.